The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Christmas, about so much more than a baby in a manger. It is about the infinite God of the universe for a time taking on flesh and dwelling on this earth. Okay, I hope we can understand it there. There's our little Venn diagram, okay, where heaven and earth are meeting. Did you know I used to be a geometry teacher? I had to throw, I had to throw a little Venn, Venn diagram in, in there at you, at you. But bottom line is, we want to really look at today what the incarnation is all about. And to do that, we are going to look at what Jesus said it was about. He gave the answer. In uh, John chapter 6, you have the story, first of all, of what happened when Jesus fed 5,000 people. That miraculous event. And then the next miraculous event, Jesus walking on the water. And then the crowds begin to follow Jesus and they ask him, they said, where'd you come from? Where did you come from? I think it's uh, chapter 6, verse 25. Where did you come from? And Jesus is going to give that answer. In fact, we're going to look primarily in John chapter 6, but in a couple other places, uh, too, in the book of John, and see what Jesus had to say. He's going to answer that question, where did you come from? Why did you come? And so what does that mean in life today as we, as we study the incarnation today? Looking again primarily at John chapter 6, if you're following along, but we'll also look at some other passages, uh, including John chapter 1, where the Bible says this in verse number 14, that the Word of God, the Word, and you see it's capitalized there, obviously in everything that we, we know about this, this is Jesus Christ, the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, the glorious, the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. That is uh, verse number 14 of John chapter 1, but so beautifully describes the incarnation. So as we dive into this, again, I'm going to show you uh, several different things, uh, that uh, ways that Jesus answered these questions here. But to begin with, um, by the way, remember our song, Veiled in Flesh, the Godhead See, There it is. Hail, incarnate deity, God, that word incarnate, that idea of in the flesh, in a body, the deity, God dwelling with us is just so amazing. But as I said, one of the things that one of the questions that Jesus answers in John chapter six is from where from where did you come? Uh, so let's go ahead and look. Uh, in this case, we're going to jump around just a little bit and show some of the things that Jesus had to say way back when John uh, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in John chapter three. He told him this. He said, no one has ascended to heaven except he who descended from heaven. That would be the son of man. Later on in the same chapter, he says, he who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. And then we do move to chapter six. So the Jews grumbled about him because here's what he said. And we'll come back and look at this. He said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Jesus says this very clearly. I came down from heaven. Verse number 51 of chapter six. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he'll live forever. And the bread that I will give uh, for the life of the world is my flesh. Awesome how this all ties together today because we're going to stop and remember that life in the flesh as we as we take the bread later today and as we think about that. I gave my life. I live my life in the flesh. I laid down that that flesh for you. 
Continuing on, this is the bread that I came down from heaven. <laughs> Not like the bread your fathers ate and they died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And then one other verse, I just, I don't think this made it on your outline, but Jesus said this to them uh, later on in John chapter 8. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And I wanted you to, to see that because we need to understand that Jesus was in heaven and he came to earth. He did not have his beginning in Bethlehem, okay? Before Abraham was, I am the perfect God, the complete God. He was long before that. So when we answer that question from where did he come, the first question could be, or the first answer could be this. He came from eternity. God entered into time and space. If you want to put it like this, uh, God uh, became a dweller in time for the, for the first time. His ministry to the world began there in Bethlehem, if you want to say his presence here in the world. But long before that, okay, promised beforehand, when, when Paul wrote to the Romans, he said this is something that was promised beforehand. He said the gospel was a long ago through the prophets, through Abraham, everything like that. It's been promised forever. This was settled part of God's plan from eternity. You may have heard a song uh, around Christmas time that uh, love was when God became a man. I don't know if any of you ever heard that, but there's a line in there that says this about Jesus. He was locked in time and space without rank or place. Okay, that's what happened in the incarnation. He entered into time and space. That's not something that confines God at, at all. But Jesus entered into that from eternity. And back to John chapter 1, if, if I can for a couple minutes, it begins with, in the beginning was the Word, Jesus Christ, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So much doctrine in that idea. In the beginning, from the very beginning, was Jesus Christ. He was with God, and he was God. As we begin to see a trinity in that God is one God in three persons. He is not three different gods. He is one God in three persons. Executing God's plan from the beginning in that God God proposed the plan of salvation and Jesus uh, carried it out uh, in, his, in his life here on earth and the Holy Spirit then applies it to our life and draws us to him. Everything is about, uh, you know, that Jesus has been around forever, okay? He did not begin at Christmas. We, we want to get that. He is eternal. No doubt about that there. And then obviously, too, he has come from heaven. I ran across a lot of different like lyrics to songs this week. So you're going to think you're in a hymn history class or something like that. Uh, one song that was quoted and a couple different things I read that I, I was not familiar with amidst the winter snow. It is a old English uh, Christmas carol amidst the winter snow. And I read the words. I thought I got to hear this song. Well, truth is, it's not that exciting of a song. The tune's kind of blah. <laughs> and the weird thing is when I looked it up, I, I thought this was weird. The version that I found of somebody singing, it was being sung by Annie Lennox. Do y'all know who Annie Lennox is? You know, uh, Sweet Dreams or uh, that. And, and it, it was kind of weird, but I was listening to these words and I was just like, I can't not believe this. this is so beautiful. But she sang these words, sacred infant, all divine. What a tender love is thine. Listen to this phrase. Thus to come from highest bliss down to such a world as this. Thus to come from highest bliss down to such a world from this, that God had left perfection to come to imperfection. 
I mentioned in a little community connection this week, you know, sometimes I'll run into somebody and they'll tell me that they're, I'll see a license plate from Florida in the middle of winter and I'll say something. They'll say, oh yeah, we're up here on vacation. And you want to say, why? <laughs> what in the world are you doing here? In fact, sometimes I'm like that any time of the year. What are you doing here on, va- on vacation? But if you think about, you know, the God of the universe coming to this little town of Bethlehem, I mean, you almost want to say, what are you doing here? And then you see him on Calvary's tree. And you want to say, what is the God of the universe doing here? But he, for he has come from perfection into our imperfect world. And he answers that question from where? He also answers the question as to why he has come. And I want to read a little passage here through this. He says, I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Now, he's going to describe that in the next few verses. But in 638, he says, I didn't come to do my own will. I came to do the will of the one who has sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day, that I'm going to bring these that he has given me through faith into his family. For this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. These are the words of Christ. He says, here, here, I came to do the will of my father. You want to know what the will of my father is? That those who look to me, that those who believe on me, I'll raise them up on the last day and I'll keep them. So what indeed is the purpose? Why is it that Jesus has come? He definitely came, you could say it as a man on a mission. He had a, he had a definite, he had a well-defined objective in coming. One of the things that he has come to do, obviously, is glorify the Father. He says, I've come to do the will of him. In John chapter 17, when Jesus prayed, he said, I glorify, I pray that you would glorify God by doing his will. That is how we glorify him, by doing what he would have us to do. This idea of God's glory is hard for us to get. Uh, what, what I mean is, okay, let, let me kind of illustrate. So here's your pastor, and he's looking at a sermon on Sunday morning, and he's thinking, oh, you know, this kind of seems like a dull part here. I need to spice, a, spice it up a little bit or something like that, or maybe I need to, you know, just kind of perk it up a little bit, make it a little bit better. Maybe I, I need to come up with something clever to say, you know, to hold people's attention and to give them something to take home. I want to make sure they have something there. And can you see how your pastor's kind of all about me and how it looks when I say it, and maybe even all about you a little bit, but your pastor uh, doesn't think, first of all, he needs to, f- <laughs> he doesn't, he needs to fall on his face and say, God, this is the eternal word of God that I get to, that I get to preach, that I get to share. <laughs> does this rely on my cleverness? Does this rely on my ability to communicate? If it does, we're wasting our time. This is God's word. And the pastor needs to fall on his face and say, God, can't do this without you. <laughs> can't do anything without you. I need you completely. And how about as we come together? Here we are to worship. Amen. Here we are to worship the king. Uh, I kind of like the one worship song. I don't like the other one so much, you know. Uh, it was, it was kind of good, but it kind of wasn't. And, and, you know, I, I don't know that I really got anything out of church today. 
You know, I'm not sure I got enough out of church. <laughs> Can you imagine the angels of heaven? They've just been worshiping God and once. I'm not crazy about that song. <laughs> and I like that one so well. But that's really how we think sometimes. In other words, we make it all about us. We do. Okay. And I say we. I say, you know, we bring back to that. But Jesus came to do the will of the Father, to bring glory to him. That's what he was all about. Jesus came to satisfy the justice of God. God could not be indifferent to sin. But justice for sin was fulfilled in Jesus Christ and righteousness was extended in Jesus Christ. He came to make that happen. <laughs> I mean, can you see the planning in heaven? You know what we need. We need a fun holiday. I mean, we need some eggnog, we need some fruitcake, uh, some gifts, some jingle bells, some nice trees and some lights and everything like that. I'm going to send Jesus Christ to earth. I'm going to have all of God inhabit a human body. And I'm going to have that body eventually be torn apart into pieces and tortured so that you can have a fun time in December. You understand the absurdity of what I just said? God's eternal plan is that his justice would be satisfied in the person of Jesus Christ. Why did he come to satisfy that justice? Why did he come to demonstrate his love? Song I quoted from a moment, a moment ago is love was when God became a man. When God saw our guilt, when God saw our humanity, when God saw the results of sin on this earth, and he said, I'm going to join into that. I'm going to come into that, that I can bring them out of that, that I can, get, that I can give them life. You know, back to the glory of God, it is amazing how much even when we sing sometimes about God's love, we can turn around and focus on ourselves. Jesus loves me. Again, I'm not criticizing that song at all, but Jesus loves me. This I know. Amazing love. How can it be that thou, oh my gods, would die for me? Okay? He didn't want heaven without us. We've sung that song, and sometimes we think to ourselves that somehow God needed something. Let me tell you something about God. Remember that phrase, I am? I was the I am before. God is completely self-sufficient. He needs nothing. You say, well, he's lonely. No, he's complete fellowship in the, in the Trinity. He needed nothing. He needed, he had it perfect in heaven. Okay, he has it perfect in heaven. He does not need us, but he chose to love us. <laughs> Again, the words of a hymn. Oh, the love <laughs> that drew salvation's plan. Drew up, drew up salvation's plan. It was designed in heaven. All oh, the love that drew up that plan. All oh, the grace that brought it down to man in Jesus Christ. All oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Isn't that amazing? That's what we celebrate. That, that's what we think of. Why did he come? Never would love be better demonstrated than in God coming down to this earth. And laying down his life for us. So what? What does it mean to us? Let's read another passage here from John chapter 6. And we've read parts of this, but I want to go through this again. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives 
what life to the world. <laughs> I love it when I'm, I'm listening to them practice songs, and I think I'm preaching about that, but we sang about him bringing life to us. Jesus said he comes down from heaven to give life to the world. We'll talk about that life in a minute there. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I say to you that you, you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Jesus has come most definitely that we could have life. Brings us from death to life. And he tells us that one of the things that we will have then is a life with purpose. He gives us in this earth a life worth living. So many people have everything to live with but nothing to live for. I don't, I don't think it's a big secret that there's a mental health crisis you know, throughout our world today as far as people who just find emptiness. In Christmas time, we will find again that no gift that we receive is going to bring that fulfillment. Nothing is going to fill that spiritual void in our life uh, other than the bread of life that satisfies, that fills us up. So we come to God so full of ourselves and full of everything else that we walk away empty. But if we come to God empty and say, God, I need that bread, I need you uh, more than anything, then we walk away filled. I was uh, standing in a convenience store line this week and they had the radio on. I wasn't really paying attention to it. And a guy behind me was singing along with it. And that's usually me. And people turn around and give me that look, you know. <laughs> Get a life, buddy. So I thought, it's my turn. Um, but he was, he was singing, and I, I hopefully I'll get these wor words right. I didn't know the song. He was singing, uh, I don't need no education. And then he was, and then there was something about uh, the teachers need to back off the students or something like that. And he's singing away. The guy, he was really, I think he had an education. He was real well-dressed. But, uh, and I kind of turned around and gave him that look. And he goes, Pink Floyd, man, just another brick in the wall. Uh, <laughs> I said, okay. But. You know, I'm, I'm pretty weird. So after he said that, I went out and got in the car and I Googled. I wanted to know what that song was. So I Googled it and I looked up the words to just another brick in the wall. But I thought about that. How many people? That's just, just, just another brick in the wall. You know, that, that's where we are. And Jesus says, I am come. I'm the bread. I'm the one that satisfies. I'm the one that fills you up. You can't get it anywhere else. I'm that bread that fills you up. You're not just another brick in the wall. When you have this life that I want to give you, and then, of course, that life uh, here on earth has purpose, but then that life also has hope, or you could say he comes to give us life eternal so that we can say death is behind me, life is ahead of me. A couple of years ago, um, as Christmas was coming, uh, France and I were a little bit extra pumped, I guess, because uh, my son's family from uh, out west was coming in and the kids from indianapolis were coming up and we were we were going to have that good old-fashioned family christmas you know a uh, little clark griswold in me and and uh, i was pretty pumped about the whole thing of everybody coming and uh the week before this christmas was on a saturday the saturday before that my son uh, is a teacher he was get off school and he was ahead our way well he called on saturday and says uh, we're gonna have to delay come a little bit he said i have a real bad stomach virus he said so uh we're gonna have to delay so he uh he puts it on hold and a couple days later they say okay we're on our way 
and we get a call later that day and well we had to stop because my wife has a real bad stomach virus and uh, she's really pretty bad we don't want to bring that to you so uh and so it got delayed and they finally got there we enjoyed a couple days of of time with them and then the friday christmas was saturday but friday was going to be the uh, big family celebration or anything like that so we get up uh friday morning and francis starts getting some things ready in the kitchen and uh, well, everybody's getting ready and and she says uh, dan I, I need to go lie down <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the rest of the meal was prepared by uh, and uh, we sat down and had a lame Christmas uh, dinner there somewhere around noon and my daughter was like we're getting out of here there's germs everywhere uh, and my son was like yeah this is kind of boring here mom's just sick so I think we'll go home you know, kind of like our work here is done uh, you know they were out of here so I sat around on Christmas Eve and had a pity party and then Christmas morning came and I cont- cont- continued my pity party uh, and, and finally Francis well, you know, woke up around one. I said, can we open a present or do something? Uh, something. But, you know, and then last last year, we didn't have much scheduled. It wasn't, you know, our Christmas with the family. That was the year before. Uh, and we thought, uh, you know, well, we, we'll have some things localized. And I don't know if you remember last year, the storms. Uh, we got real bad, real extreme weather and nasty. And half the stuff we had planned got canceled. And, you know, so once again, I was a little bit on Christmas Day. We, we got to go over to Francis' sister or Francis' sister house and it was okay but it was kind of like we were watching somebody else's christmas so anyway all that to say this i'm sitting down and i'm thinking i really want this christmas to you know i don't want to dud again uh, a lot like that and uh and i got thinking about it i have no control over what happens over the next couple of weeks i really don't whether it's weather or whether it's you know we're uh just after the first year we're going out to see travis so we're flying to wyoming in the middle of winter you know how's that gonna work out who knows uh, who knows where we'll be stranded, but uh, the, you know, but I, I got thinking about that and I thought, you know, no, no, Lord, I don't want, I don't want a dud of a Christmas. So the first thing I did is every day in my journal, I write down the first thing I want to do on the next day of my journal. I, I wrote down this phrase and every day I want to start the next two weeks by saying, God, I cannot believe that I get to talk to you today. I can't believe it. <laughs> I mean, you're the God of heaven, and I get to talk to you. I know myself. I mean, I know what a mess I am. I know how many times I've failed and messed up. I know some of the thoughts that I've had. I know some of the, you know, the ups and downs I've had in my life, and, and I still get to talk to you every morning. So I'm really planning. I'm pretty excited about that, that whole idea of just, hey, no matter what, there's going to be some, uh, a great Christmas, if you, if you will, with Jesus. Uh, one, one last uh, weird illustration before we stop and uh, let's, uh, 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 looking around, I don't want to embarrass anybody. So I'm going to say, let's, let's take my daughter. Let's pretend like she is 16 again. Okay. Jeanette's 16. Her birthday's coming up. She's, she's born on the 18th of December. And we don't want her, yeah, we don't want her birthday to get overshadowed by Christmas. So we're going to have a big Christmas party for Jeanette. She's 16. And I say, Jeanette, here's what we're going to do. I want to have everybody over the house. I'll make a little cake. And uh, I want them to give you gifts. I want them just to, to give you gifts. And we'll talk about how wonderful you are. That's the party. Okay. Now think about that idea. Here's, here's another idea. Maybe I'll, I'll have, I'm going to rent out 
Now, I'm going to rent out Movies 14 and that place beside it that has the axe throwing and the bowling and everything like that. And any of your friends that come, we're going to have a seriously good time, okay? I mean, we're going to have the Taylor Swift movie plan, and we're going to have a Hunger Games movie plan, and all your friends get all the free popcorn they want and the pizza and everything like that. I'm going to pay for this thing big time. Uh, we're going to have a, have a good time. Now, think for, if I ask my daughter, how many of your friends do you think will come to that first party? <laughs> Yeah, I might have one or two that their parents make them uh, come. But how many are going to come to that second party? Well, the whole stinking school will be there. Everybody, stuff like that. Now, weird, weird illustration here, but stay with me for a second. I think sometimes that's how we are with church, and that's how we are with Christmas. What I mean is it's not really enough for us to come and worship Jesus. We got to... We gotta, have all this other stuff, if, if you will, like that. You know, this is your birthday. Let's come and celebrate you. Yeah, yeah, if there's enough other stuff going on, if there's enough other, other things like that. And I just wanted us on this day to really stop and focus on the fact that God came to earth. Okay? He took on human flesh. He laid down that, that flesh, he let the life of God took on human flesh there. And we have, when we stop, here's just another personal thought for a second. In, this, in my age, hopefully in my maturity a little bit here, I've come where I love to gather for communion. And I think about how many times in my life I just, oh, it's time for communion. Yeah, grab a cracker, grab some juice. And that's also like that. And I've gotten where now I just, I just love to gather together and observe the Lord's Supper with you. I love that. And we get to do that today. What, what a great way to stop and worship the King this day, to commune with him. Because we'll take of this bread and remember that life lived in the flesh. We'll take of that juice and we'll remember that that life was laid down for us. And Jesus Christ died for us. What a great thing we get to do today in worshiping the King. So in a, in a moment, um, a little music's going to play as, as we get up, and, and you can help yourself to the elements in the, in the baskets here are some uh, no corn, tea, corn tortillas. These are uh, little, little crackers. And then also we have the cups of juice. And if you, because your faith is in Jesus Christ, because you believe that Christ did come to this world to lay down that life for you, and you believe that in him is forgiveness, and you've trusted him for that forgiveness, and you'd like to celebrate that. You'd like to worship him. I want to invite you to join as other people get up and, and pick up a, a cracker and, and pick up a, uh, a cup and, uh, and return to your seats. And at the same time that... Um, we're preparing to take these things together. May you also just take a little bit of time. Again, I want to say this. And, the, and I'm preaching to myself here, folks. Please understand this. Don't go through the motions. Okay? I really don't. Don't. This, this is too big. This is too sacred. That, you know, going back to the, the Christmas songs, I think about that. You know, I'm kind of glad Michael Buble is not going through the motions of just singing words. Because think about the words we sing. They're so awesome. Think about the truths that we sing about at Christmas time. They're so incredible. 
and let us remember what incredible event we are taking time to remember right now. Father, please, again, (laughs) this pastor needs to get out of the way and sit down that we might worship, worship you. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.